Trending news right now. Atlagang, how are you doing today? And how are you doing, Asanda? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us. So let's talk hashtags William Keys first on our trending topics today. So President Zama, uh, Ramaphosa uh, placing Health Minister on special leave. Uh, and uh, he's going to re- represent himself, or present himself rather, uh, to the ANC's Integrity Commission on that uh, contract between the Department of Health and service provider Digital Vibes. Um, so the issue of giving him a special um, leave has actually um, made a lot of people people unhappy with the person that he has been substituted with or person who has to stand in for him for a while. And I think the biggest controversy was um, the person who's going to hold office now as a minister, as it's someone is qualified is it someone who's in a position to make sure that they're able to um, assist the nation and and fulfill the obligations that they have especially during a pandemic so it was a huge controversy yesterday and um, it made a lot of people unhappy and even though people are unhappy of the fact that he was involved in some corruption but it's also just a way in which they're also unhappy of the fact that he is now has someone to be replaced with but he did mention that um, the special uh, leave has always been a, a conversation at the table with the president, and it's not necessarily that he's resigning or that he's getting fired or anything like that. So, I mean, before President Ramaphosa said that he would wait for a special investigation or investigating unit probe into this whole scandal of digital vibes contract before making a decision on um, Kiza's future. So what changed, do you think? Um, I think also it's it's I think it's a, a, a pressing time at the moment um, because um, at first even though maybe he probably didn't want to um, substitute him or uh, remove him from office, but I think that also just in terms of the conversations that have been happening, um, he had to do something about it. He couldn't just let him still occupy the seat even with these allegations um, around him. So he had to definitely do something about it. But I also do think that um, at first he was also just he was just shook about what exactly to do. I think even in that position, um, but as soon as people started talking about it and it started being a conversation at the table, then it was important for him as a pres- as a president to set a precedence in society of what really happens when um, ministers do something and that they ought to be held to account for those things. I mean, this uh, Digital Vibes contract has tainted uh, both Ramaphosa and Kiza's reputations as, you know, uh, we are in the middle of a, a pandemic and, and what they've been doing as leaders in this pandemic. Uh, we, we're definitely not going to see or, or look at them in the same way. And Ramaphosa is attending a G7 summit in the UK. So it's quite important that a stance was made so that he kind of reforms his image in a way. But could this also give uh, a clout? To I know we had in our previous trending topic, Afri Forum's prediction of a tax revolt and maybe a subsequent call for this tax revolt because taxpayers' monies are being used irregularly with corruption. Um, I think um, it wouldn't really be that extreme. I, I don't think it would get to a, an extreme a point where now there's a tax revolt, if we're, we're being honest. Um, But I do think that setting that precedent was important, um, especially in terms of the fact that if your image as the president and also as the Minister of Health during a pandemic is already tainted, I think that he had to do something about it. 
So um, he just really holding um, the health minister to account was a more viable um, thing to do. But I think people are unhappy. Definitely, every like a lot of South African citizens are unhappy about what has been happening. That we are in the middle of a pandemic, and instead of assisting people, we still have ministers who are stealing from society, who are making it difficult then for um, for for the lives of South Africans to be better. Um, but I also do think that because it's a global pandemic, I, I think that we are we were in a tight corner at that point. Because imagine even now, people are unhappy that. Um, the person who's occupying office, who's occupying his seat, is someone that people deem to be to not have the credibility to do the work. So I don't think that a tax revolt would have been um, possible or likely um, to happen. So Tourism Minister Mamoloko Kubai Ngubane will be acting as Health Minister. Uh, the presidency has announced. We don't know for how long that will be. Your thoughts on that? Um, I think for me, when it comes to ministers, because they also get shuffled all the time, I honestly didn't really get the conversation. And I feel like we were too harsh or we just um, jumped the gun and said that just because this person is occupied is occupying a seat of being a minister of tourism, then it means that they can't occupy a seat like being a minister of health. I do think that occupying office also is not just about needing to have a qualification in like maybe let's say for example being a medical doctor i do think that these are people who are like ministers and people who obviously have like public policy advisors so in a position like that it's not necessarily that you will make a unilateral decision but it's just a way of making sure that there is someone in your seat so i honestly don't have a problem with anyone who was a, a minister of maybe police officing or anything like that and is now occupying a position of being a minister of transport. I always feel like um, ministers can rotate within and this is why even when there's a cabinet reshuffle, then different people occupy different seats and people can move from one position to another. So I honestly think that there isn't any particular problem or anything like that. All right, five minutes past four. If you've just joined us here on Sound Awake, a very good morning to you this Wednesday. We're talking to Atlehang Mulefe, social commentator on trending topics, looking at social media in the last uh, 24 hours. Let's talk hashtag FW Declared now, Atlehang. Uh, there's mixed reports around his health. The last president of apartheid, uh, the chairman of the FW Declared Foundation board, Dave Stewart, saying that uh, Declared was hospitalized. And then in a different statement by the FW Declared foundation released shortly afterwards there's a different picture that's being painted saying that there is no discernible deterioration in the health of the former president and that is fine we know he was diagnosed with mesothelioma in march which is a lung uh, uh, cancer that affects the lungs so we during a pandemic do hope that he is indeed fine uh, what do we make of this but where's the s- smoke coming from also um, I think the foundation is definitely um, is to be, you know, ask, we need to ask them like a, in terms of like asking them a lot of questions because um, it's very confusing for uh, one moment for a report to be released that his health is deteriorating and then another report is released again to say that no, that's actually not true. So we actually don't know exactly which one is which. Um, but I do think that a lot of people are now looking into it um, because they're trying to exactly find the story of what is happening. Um, but I think with me, um, I can't really you know, pick a side and say that, no, it is true, his health is deteriorating or it's not. 
because I think that if we are getting information from the foundation itself, then we wouldn't really know unless maybe um, people just go through an investigation and are able to find out a lot of information about his health and about how he's doing and whether his health is deteriorating or not. So I think for now, we are still waiting and just wait, we would just have to wait for some kind of investigation to be lost and just to find out what is really happening in that regard. Yeah, I guess it will have to be given time and we see because uh, the the Clegg Foundation board also saying that him and his wife, Elita, are planning to travel to Greece for a holiday as soon as COVID regulations permit. So it's a wait and see one there, but we hope that he's okay. Uh, Hashtag Lichtenberg now. Uh, Clover, the uh, dairy, uh, what do you call it, company, closing down the factory due to a failure in service delivery. So this dairy group is spending about 1.6 billion rand now to move the country's biggest cheese factory from Lichtenberg in the northwest to Queensburg in uh, or near Durban. So this decision, they're saying they were forced to make this decision because of poor level of basic services, particularly around water and the control of water. Um, I think it's very... Um, um, said because also it highlights the fact that any poor service delivery, it affects different members of society, it affects different stakeholders in society because um, they were also mentioning that for the longest time they've been complaining about like things like, you know, power cuts or like water shortage, but the municipality, the local municipality is not actually doing anything about it. Um, so it's more, it seems to them that they are spending so much money and operating in that area, but at the same time, they weren't able to generate like enough profit because of how things were at that time. But I also do think that for me, even though it does affect um, the people mostly who lived around that area, but I do think that what they did was actually also taking a stance um, and saying that to the local municipality, we can't be contributing so much to taxation or being in that particular area and contributing so much, but at the same time, we're not getting anything in return. So I do think that it also just um, highlights the fact that at any point when companies are not, or like a, a big company or any company is not making money in a particular area, it's going to affect um, the local residents, but also at the same time, um, it is important for them to move if they aren't necessarily able to be served like or given proper service delivery. So I do think that it is some form of boycotting if you think about it. And um, I think that I, I, to some extent, I do support um, the kind of decision that they've made because also the local municipality had has been given a lot of chances. And we also know that when it comes to the local municipality, I also do think that it was important for them then to offer like um, service deliveries to a lot of to the residents around that area. And we know water and we, on a dairy farm or a dairy operation is absolutely pivotal. Mm. You actually cannot operate without that if you have a dairy operation. 330 people losing their jobs then in this case. Will we be focusing on the job losses in the northwest or the job gains in Durban, in KZN? I think the opportunity cost of it is, is actually um, in both ways. That um, though at, at the moment there are people who have lost their jobs, I do think that it's fair. And uh, maybe if, if potentially if that's possible, then they can, they can be moved to Durban. But it's also just a way of saying that every time when a big company or like, you know, such as Clover, when they move, um, there are people who are 
getting jobs. So it can also be a thing where they are making up for it. So it's like others have lost their job, but at the same time, we're also providing jobs to other people. So that's what they can be able to use to defend themselves. Because I also do think that if it's affecting the way in which they operate in their own productivity, then it's, it's a justified means for them to move. And I think if anything, for as long as there are people who are going to be employed at the end of the day, then that makes it a lot better as opposed to it completely closing down and never being able to operate again. Well, they're going to be spending quite a lot, 1.6 billion rand to make this move. We know earlier a a different production plant, Astral Mm. Foods, they do poultry. They took government to court over service delivery issues in the Ligua uh, municipality that's in Standerton in Pumalanga. Should uh, Clover maybe follow suit then and also just say, guys, we're using 100, I mean, sorry, 1.6 billion rand to move, uh, do something. And could they also take government to court over this? Um, I think for them, if it has been done before, then um, I'm sure by now they know that every time when they take government to court, they either don't get the recourse that they want or that they get to maybe lose more than what they are most likely going to lose at the moment. So I do think that um, it it probably is definitely something that they've thought about or something that they have, um, you know, gotten legal advice from that if they do take them to court again, then it's going to be more money, it's going to be more time, it's time-consuming. So when it comes to productivity, and especially a profit-driven company, it's just a matter of taking the way the way in which where they're not going to lose as much. So I do think that maybe that $1.6 billion that they've thought about it and moving is probably the best solution for them at this point because now they're going to take the government to court. Now they're going to have to wait for the proceedings to happen. Now they're going to have to force the local municipality to provide services to um, the resident to provide services for them. It's still going to take a lot of time, which means that it's taking a lot of money from them. So you can see that it was a thought-out process. Um, so now they believe that moving to a different province um, is, is, is going to serve them better, even though at the moment they're going to lose a lot of money. They are able to make that money back in a short space of time when they do move to a different province. I almost feel like we're saying to Clover they are practicing self-love, you know, when they say just, <laughs> just walk away. <laughs> Don't fight, just That's leave. That's definitely what they're doing. We are practicing self-love. Okay, let's uh, talk hashtag Iqbal Sharma now, a former Transnet board member and Gupta family associate who's been uh, denied bail in the Bloemfontein Magistrates Court. What were the chances, though, that he was going to get bail? I mean, he's only got about 10% of his total assets in the country. He's making his money elsewhere. So he's a flight risk. Uh, This is what the NPA um, has convinced the court. Um, He's been um, crying for bail and it it has a lot to do with him saying that, you know, he wants to um, defame his character, that he feels like being denied bail. It's not an, uh, he has not been given like uh, a fair opportunity, you know, to stand trial or anything like that. But I do think that uh, the denial of his his bail says, it it simply um, highlights two things. The first one, it's just a way in which we can, commend the justice system for being able to want to hold him to account as opposed to letting him scot-free or as opposed to just granting him bail and not doing anything about it. But I think the second one is that um, it is very important in a situation like this one because um, when we have conversations about how much they've taken from the state itself, then it would have been a different conversation when it, uh, from especially from the citizens that someone like him has not been held to account or no one 
from the Guptas has been held to account for anything. So I do think that this is definitely just a way of setting an example of what the justice system could potentially do to him. Um, And I also do think that he definitely needs to be held to account. So the denial of the bail definitely has some form of like trying to give us recourse for what has happened, especially what anything that revolves the Guptas. Okay. Uh, also, I mean, the whole thing is around uh, defrauding the Free State Department of Agriculture. So there are other accused, the former Free mm-hmm. State Agriculture and uh, Rural Development Head, Peter Tabete, former head of the FSDOA, Dimakato Muorosi, and uh, former FSDOA Chief Financial Officer, Sipati Tlamini. So a case to be followed there. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's leave it there then in terms of that. He's uh, among the 16 other accused to face charges relating to defrauding the FSDOA. But could there even be more coming to the fore? Actually, let's leave it on that one, uh, rather, that question. Do you think there could be more coming to the fore, Atlehang? Because also we know the balance of the accused listed in the charge sheet are not even in South Africa. Um, I believe that there could be more, um, and um, we can definitely anticipate more to be on the floor and to for them to go through a similar process of actually being prosecuted. I, I don't think that when such things happen, it's usually just like about 16 or 10 people. It's usually just a lot of people behind everything, so it's like a, a long chain. So I think we can anticipate more people to, to be on the floor. Okay, so let's talk then the lady who has uh, reportedly given birth to 10 newborns and Twitter holding a hashtag national baby shower for her and some brands coming forward to support. Uh, In that baby shower, what would you bring for 10 newborns? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think what people usually bring like to a baby shower, but unfortunately now you just have to decide if you're buying two items or three items or one item. Because I do feel like she she's going to need like a lot of help. It it she can't just do it on her own or with mm. um, her husband. It's it's just definitely a national issue because now imagine you need to have brands like Pampers or Huggies actually supporting ten kids because it, it's very um, expensive to support one. So imagine now you have ten. That's a lot. So I, I really do hope that she does find a lot of brands that are able to support her consistently until those um, kids are able to grow and stand up for themselves. And I also do think that um, even in terms of assistance, I do think that she should get like a two extra people or three to assist her on the daily routine of the babies. Because imagine if yeah, they're all crying at absolutely. the same time. Mm. Sure. She needs no, at least about five other people. <laughs> she needs a that's lot. That's a lot. Yeah, okay. Well, thank you so much, Adli, and enjoy your day. Thank you so much, Asanda, and same to you. Okay, great. Uh, Modus on our Facebook says, uh, is it deck tablets or deck couplets? Uh, this, in this case of this lady who's given birth to 10 newborns, it's deck couplets. D-E-C-U couplets, uh, D-E-C-U plates, <laughs> Modus. Uh, certainly a first of uh, the world. It's a, uh, said to be a Guinness uh, World Record, a new one now that's held by Josiame Tamara Sitole. We'll take a look in terms of your messages and your voice notes, but let's uh, take a short break first.